Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What's up, party people? It's your boy, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Wednesday, May 19th. The NBA playoffs are underway. I don't want to hear anybody tell me, I don't like to play in games. Playing games are dumb. Yeah. Pacers, Grizzlies stunk. Unwatchable for, you know, the final three quarters. But how about Jason Tatum? Tell me you did not like Jason Tatum giving Russell Westbrook and the Wiz a 50-burger. 17 for 17 on free throws. I could not shake the image of watching Jason Tatum go to work on Boston and say, man, his footwork is impeccable. This this guy clearly had a deep relationship with Kobe Bryant, and I saw a lot of Kobe Bryant out there from Jason Tatum when he was going to work. Inside, outside, like a ballerina in the paint just going to work like Russell Westbrook had no chance against him. I mean, really, nobody did. Um, they Davis Bertans was terrible. He's a three-point gunner, 0 for 7 from deep. And if he's not making shots, you can't put him on the court. They had no matchup for Tatum. He goes for 50. 
And we gave out a winner on the opening night of the NBA playoffs. I'm fired up, folks. Very excited for tonight's game. Warriors-Lakers, obviously the main course. I don't know who's excited for the appetizer, Spurs-Grizz. I'll give out that pick a little later. I do want to hype up our guest because he's tremendous. Had a great conversation with Andy Kamenetsky. He runs a Lakers podcast. He has covered the Lakers for many years, from LA Times to ESPN the magazine. Him and his brother have been a fixture out here covering the Lakers for almost 15 years. And, um, you know, because the guy's trending, Mr. Kwame Brown, I got to be careful what I say about Kwame Brown, uh, if you follow the story, uh, Andy has actually covered Kwame with the Lakers We'll get into that a little bit. Um, We touched on Kwame very little earlier this week, but uh, truthfully, if you've seen his YouTube videos going scorched earth on Gilbert Arenas, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jack, I mean, it is, you know, obviously don't watch it around the kids. Hashtag dad life. Um, The language is spotty to say the least. Um, I'm not going to say anything bad about Kwame Brown. I'm not going to even call him a bust. Kwame Brown is a very... Uh, tough-talking individual who says a lot of stuff. I don't want to get on his bad side. We talked to that uh, with Andy. But quickly, um, uh, let's quickly talk. Rob G., we did our all-NBA teams, uh, I think two weeks ago, maybe last week, and I had Jason Tatum on the third team. Did you have Tatum on any of your teams? I did not. You did not. Okay. Do you regret it after his 50-burger to open the playoffs? Uh, no, because it is a regular season award. So no. Mm. I knew you were going to go there. I knew <laughs> you were going to say that. So if LeBron, who I did not put on my all NBA teams because he played 45 games, I, it's not a disrespectful shot at King James. When you play in 62% of your games, tough to win an award. I mean, every 10 games, he's playing in six of them. Guys. That's I'm sorry, that's not sufficient for me. But if LeBron has a monster game tonight against Chef Curry, will I regret putting LeBron, uh, not putting him on an all-NBA team? No, because it's different. He just didn't play enough. Jason Tatum was on my third team all-NBA because he is a fantastic player. I saw the stat that he now has three 50-point games this season tied with Curry for most in the league. And I think if you guys listen to that all-NBA podcast, I said Tatum is one of the best one-on-one players in the league. I actually, and Rob, this take is probably a little too hot for you, I am of the belief that the Boston Celtics, with a coaching advantage in Brad Stevens, uh, with a advantage in the toughest guy on the floor, Marcus Smart, I think Marcus Smart will probably match up with James Harden, and they'll try to cut the head off the snake. And I think Boston can steal a game or two. A lot of people instantly are thinking, oh, it's going to be a sweep, no Jalen Brown. Nothing's easy against this Boston team. I do want to remind people, The Brooklyn Nets have barely played their big three together. Yes, their offense was number one in the league. It is the most efficient offense in NBA history. Yes, that is a fact. But they don't play a lick of defense. And I I mean, I don't see why Boston's defense can't give them some problems. Now, obviously, with Jalen Brown, it would be a whole other story. I I might actually uh, throw some shekels on Boston to pull the upset. But no Jalen Brown. They're just not deep enough on the wing. Um, uh, listen, we're probably going to see Romeo Langford matched up at times with Kevin Durant, uh, suboptimal to say the least. Boston, not as great defensively this year. A lot of that has to do with the injuries, uh, smart missed time, 
Kemba Walker, who doesn't play much defense, missed a lot of time. They were tied for 14th in the league defensively. Brooklyn ended up 19th in defensive efficiency. Um, but a lot of those numbers are Fugazi because when you put their big three on the court, um, I don't know who the other two guys are. If they're Blake Griffin and Joe Harris, that's going to be a prop. Boston is going to get buckets. Rob, if I tell you Brooklyn 4-2, do you laugh at me? No, no, because, you know, I think that uh, Brooklyn, like you mentioned, they're going to have some chemistry issues to sort out, especially in a playoff setting where everything grinds down to a halt. It's half-court offense. And one thing we learned early on in the James Harden era in Brooklyn is that he seems apprehensive to just fully take over the way we know he can. And I think that uh, he's good enough on his own where he could just will this team talent-wise to a 4-0 or a 4-1 series. But I think he knows they have bigger fish to fry later on in the postseason. Yeah. So they're going to be working out a lot of kinks. And these games are going to be, I'm not going to say they're going to be closer because I think Brooklyn will win pretty handily. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Brooklyn stretched it out to six games. Yeah, I, w- I was surprised at the number of jackals who jumped in my Twitter mentions right after the game saying, oh, Brooklyn swept them this year. They barely had their guys. I'm like, yo, check the box scores. <laughs> it's not like the Celtics had all their guys all the time. Um, and And I'll say this. I like what I saw from Tristan Thompson, who has been often a punching bag on some of those LeBron teams. He was an animal. Down low, 12 and 12, a big plus 15 off the bench. You give me Tristan Thompson inside and, you know, a little Marcus Smart on uh, James Harden. And I personally would put Tatum on Kyrie. Now, that could lead to foul trouble. And I would put one of your, like, I mean, not Evan Fournier, um, but I think you've got to get creative and maybe throw. I think we're going to see a lot of Grant Williams in this series. I would not be surprised if we saw a little Romeo Langford action. Like Boston's going to have to cobble some stuff together. That being said, Boston played Tuesday night. The Nets will have had a full week off before the game on Saturday night. Uh, they're Saturday evening. The Saturday lineup is actually pretty damn good. I got a basketball game for my son and two soccer games Saturday, hashtag dad life. Um, Heat Bucks is, I think, like your noon game. Dallas Clippers. By the way, did you hear Luka Doncic, Rob, said that the Morris twin on the Clippers came up to him and apologized when they met during the regular season for what happened in the playoffs last year. Um, I just file that away. I think things will get heated between these two teams. There is no love lost uh, because... Let's be honest, Luka Doncic is the best player on the court. Um, Saturday's third game is Boston and Brooklyn. You know, I would look, if you're looking to gamble on that, I would look strongly at a Boston first half play. Um, again, they played the South, uh, the Brooklyn Nets have been off all week. Um, James Harden, I think, has played one game, one and a half games in the last three months. Uh, maybe, maybe um, Boston comes out and plays well. Uh, and Brad Stevens has something up his sleeve. And then, of course, the nightcap is Portland-Denver. Now, we're not going to get our picks in on the podcast, but I will say this. I like Portland in that series, Rob. I have started wow. to look at some of the numbers. Um, I don't like—without Jamal Murray, I don't like— I mean, the backcourt matchup is so tilted toward Portland. And if they can get anything out of Robert Covington, who was pretty dreadful this year— if they can get anything out of Norman Powell to defend Michael Porter Jr., I like the idea of Nurk inside 
I, I don't think Jokic steamrolls him. Jokic will get his, but I don't know where the rest of the points come from, and I think Portland will pull the upset in that series. Is that You said, wow, do you love Portland there? Or, I mean, sorry, do you love Denver in that one? No, not at all. I mean, I think it's going to be a... I thought this one's going seven. Um, it's just... It, I haven't heard anybody say, I don't think, that they are in love with Portland in this series. Just because Jokic is, I think, going to be the runaway of the MVP. Michael Porter Jr. makes a strong case for most improved player. He has, I think I read, the most efficient season by any player, you know, in their second season. or something, Some weird specific stat like that. But he's been really good, especially since Jamal Murray's gone down. And Portland is Portland. We know who they are. They're they're fun to watch, but they're ultimately not built for playoff basketball. And so for you to go on the limb this early to say that you like Portland in this series to me is very impressive. Um, it's not that incendiary of a take when you look at the starting backcourt for the Denver Nuggets. It is probably going to be someone named Facundo Campazzo, uh, the uh, European, who, who is a flashy kid to watch. He is fun. I like his game. Um, but probably starting at the other guard spot is going to be Will Barton, um, who's more of a wing. He's not a great shooter. And then you've got MPJ. Are we calling him MPJ yet? Does he is he just an initial guy? No, he's not there. No, yet. He's not there yet. Okay. And then I like Aaron Gordon. And then you know Jokic. But I, I just uh, Portland has such a considerable advantage in the backcourt. I keep leaning on the Nets over the Sixers, given the backcourt advantage with Kyrie and Harden against uh, my guy Danny Green, former neighbor Danny Green, and um, Seth Curry. I, that's just, I can't. Uh, basketball is still a guard game in the playoffs. And yeah, yes, Jokic will eat. And um, I don't have confidence in Aaron Gordon, who I like a lot, to step up and be that third scorer. So yes, I will be taking Portland. Now, we do preview Lakers-Warriors significantly with Andy, but I have to ask you, Rob, do you have any financial investment in this game? Lakers favored by an odd four and a half. Uh, no, I do not because I'm not a degenerate gambler. And I, as you know, it's not a degenerate. As you know, as you, game, you, you were friends on Instagram that you saw, I just spent a ton of money to take my daughter to Disneyland. Yes. So the funds is low right now. Uh, and so we are not going to be investing any money into the uh, betting market this week. What do you drop at Disney? Like four bills? I mean, I know the oh, no, no, the tickets alone were almost five, not counting what we spent in the wow. Park. Yeah, are you serious? Yes. Oh my gosh, that yeah, that is a that's a, that's a big one. Uh, was it worth it though? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you get to see your your kid's face light up, of course it's worth it. That's the the dad thing to say, right? Best ride was. <laughs> Uh, well, I only got to go on the little kid rides, but um, I did like you what guys they did do to Jungle the... Cruise. No, it's closed for refurbishment. Oh, I did like that ride. I'm yeah. the guy who's with my kids yelling, like, "Oh my gosh, there's an anaconda!" and stuff like that. Just I like laughing at the fun. corny jokes. I like the bad. Yes, jokes the corny jokes. Yes, indeed. Uh, no, but they they refurbished the Snow White ride, which was cool. You know, it's probably not appropriate for a one and a half year old, though. I will say, it's very dark and ominous in that ride. Mm. A lot of uh, dark. Uh, uh, themes, so she was a little scared. But other than that, we had some good times. Uh, since you went over two uh, Tuesday night, I thought I'd bring that up again. <sighs> um, you. Your guy Lamelo Ball. Uh, any thoughts on his playoff debut? He was four of fourteen in twenty-seven minutes for fourteen points, and he had a minus thirty-five. Oh, he looks shooketh, but it's it's hard to really jump too much <laughs> down his throat uh, uh, down his throat because they were down so big so fast. Yeah, it was hard to really get a gauge on that game at all because it was a twenty-point lead in the first quarter. Yeah, so it's like you that, know that game was it was garbage. Um, Pacers Wizards interest you at all? 
No. If you're looking for any excitement for that game, Wizards Pacers, they met three times this year. It was the second fastest paced game in 25 seasons when they played last time. I mean, I think somebody scored 154 points. So lean to the over in the Wiz Pacers game. I don't know, Rob. I know you have a bustling nightlife. So Thursday night, I don't know if you're staying in for Wiz Pacers or if you're going to be out and about on the town. Now, you know what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be reading more columns uh, that I saw like in the Boston Globe where they said that Jason Tatum would be better off if he idolized Kevin Garnett rather than Kobe Bryant. That's not a real thing. That is a real thing. That and, happened? Uh, and, and sure enough, a couple of days later, he goes and drops 50 in true I mean, it was Kobe such fashion. a Kobe game. Oh, dude, he's, he's such a good player. I, I mean, I'm just in the – listen, I, again, I was born in New York, grew up Knicks slash Lakers fan. I don't need to tell the story. The first game I ever went to was Knicks-Lakers at the Garden. And the second game I ever went to was Knicks-Lakers at the Forum on my dad's like only business trip to L.A. We got so lucky. It was like the stars aligned, so I would like these teams. And I have disliked. I don't want to say hate. You know, I got kids. Uh, I, I've hated all Boston teams. Uh, Red Sox, uh, kind of the Bruins, even though I don't even really follow hockey. Um, but clearly the Celtics, Jason Tatum by like a mile is my favorite Celtic player ever. I mean, it's not even close. Like, I don't know how you can not like him. When you watch his game, the dude is just unstoppable. He's gifted offensively. I, I mean, he's been to the conference. I think he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals two of the three years he's been in the league. Or it might have been three or four. I don't know. But bottom line, the guy's a winner. He's really talented. And for whatever reason, he just gets lost in this shuffle of like, oh, there's a million great wings. I mean, if you ask me now, you know, are you building around Jason Tatum or like 99% of the league? I'm taking Tatum. It's like, yeah, I would take Zion over Tatum and I would take Luca. But after that, like guys under like 30 years old, who am I missing? I mean, Curry's over 30, LeBron's over 30, KD, Harden, I think are all over 30. I mean, Jason Tatum for me might be the third best player under 30 in the NBA. I mean, I'll look at the scoring leaders, Rob, but. I, I like I I'm absolutely enamored. Like, what are you, Donovan Mitchell or Jason Tatum? Who are you building around? Oh, Jason Tatum. D- Bradley Beal or Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum. Yeah, I mean the, the guy's a machine. Uh, I, I'm sorry, somebody's yelling, Giannis. How could you skip Giannis? I'd have to legitimately think about that because Tatum's played in more Eastern Conference Finals than Giannis has, and I do think Giannis's game is limited given the uh, lack of shooting ability. He shot 30% from deep this year, Tatum at 38%. Um, I'm in the tank for Zach Levine, but I'm not taking him over Jason Tatum. Um, certainly not Joel Embiid. You guys know I'm a big fan of Ben Simmons. I, again, Devin Booker, Trey Young. I would take Tatum over Jokic. That's a tougher one. Jokic or Tatum? Jokic. Interesting. The passing ability. The passing ability is what does it for me. It's interesting. I'll I'll wrap up with this before we get to our guest. Rob, I saw some data floating around about who voted for who in the MVP and the coach of the year and six man and all that. And it was weird. The MVP column was like, there was only 20 votes, but like all of them were for Jokic. Is he going to be the unanimous MVP? I actually had that conversation uh, on Tuesday night with Chris Broussard. He is a voter as well. And we talked about it. I said, what do you Who did he vote? He voted Jokic. Oh, and the question was, I asked him, I said, hey, do you think it's possible that he becomes a second unanimous player, even though we all agree that he 
probably, you know, for that level of distinction, you don't think of Nikola Jokic as a unanimous MVP caliber player. But in this quirky season with everybody hurt and guys missing time and, you know, the next biggest competition being Embiid, who only played 70% of the games, you know, is it possible? And, and he's told me flat out, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was unanimous. Yeah, I just saw this. Jokic second in the league in triple doubles. Um, kind of a big deal. Led the league in double doubles, 60 double doubles in 72 games. Played in all the games, which is impressive in a season where everybody's hurt. Uh, he was top 20, top 15 in minutes per game. Number one in player efficiency rating. The guy had an incredible season. Um, I, and you can't penalize him because everyone else was hurt. I just keep going back to the conversation we had, like Steph Curry, 48, 42, 91. Uh, you take him out of that team and they are third worst in the NBA. So I, 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 so I hope somebody voted for Curry. I, d- I doubt it happened. But it, maybe somebody voted MB, but it's probably a queen sweep. clean sweep for Nikola Jokic. All right, without further ado, um, and I, I forgot, before I get to our guest, quick picks for tonight's games. We'll go with 1-0 and after the Celtics winner. Uh, Rob, I, I can't help myself. I have to take the Lakers favor by four and a half here. I feel like the number's a little light. And you know I'm in the tank for Curry, my favorite player in NBA history. That That is a true story. I've I've got to go with the Lakers favored by four and a half here, and and I don't I'm not no official play, but I like the Spurs getting points against Me- Memphis. I think Memphis is a little overrated, and the Spurs are deeper, and I trust Popovich. So, uh, do you have a pick, Rob? Got the Lakers bigly. I think bigly. the four points is uh, way too low. I got them double digits at least. Um, the Spurs Grizzlies game is tough just because I don't I don't know what to make of either team. You know, I think that the Grizzlies are a tough team. They're tenacious, but at the same time, it, there'd be a massive coaching mismatch with Greg Popovich. Yeah. And he might have something up his sleeve. So I think I lean Spurs in that one with the points. I think I saw a stat where the, like one of these networks had their experts pick the game and 15 of 16 picked the Grizzlies. You know what that means. When the world zigs, your boy J-Mac zags. Give me the Spurs. Uh, all right, guys. Without further ado, let's get to our guest, Andy Kamenetsky. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire. Uh, uh, we want to preview the Lakers. Obviously, everybody cares about the Lakers. Lakers-Warriors tonight is a massive game. Um, the most hype play-in game ever. Obviously, this is the second year of the play-in. Ha-ha! So I thought we'd bring in Andy Kamenetsky. He has covered the Lakers basically forever. If you have, I've only been out in L.A. for five years, and it's hard to miss Andy and his brother. They are have been around the team forever, so I thought we'd bring him Andy. Andy, how are you, man? Good, good. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm kind of hyped for the game. Obviously, LeBron versus Curry, we got a lot to get into. But I thought before we got to that, I would start with you, and how long you've been around the Lakers. Because it's weird, Andy. Everybody says, oh, well, it's the Lakers and their royalty and LeBron. People forget what, like, you know, before LeBron got here, the Lakers were quite bad for six years. People forget <laughs> that. You you were around the team then, right? Well, yeah, also, too. I mean, my first season covering the Lakers, um, I, right now, my, my brother and I do the Locked On Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Network. But we first came in doing it for the LA Times, um, doing – what was then their first sports blog uh, covering the Lakers. And that was Phil Jackson's first season back with Phil, the the beginning of the Kwame Smush era. So <laughs> those 10 years that I covered Kobe, there, there was a lot of chaos. You know, there was the chaos of when he demanded the trade. There was the, the chaos that came with his Achilles tear and, you know, the organization being thrown into these, these crossroads and then there was obviously the attempt at the rebuild and, you know, or I think in the Lakers, in the Lakers case, they're, they're fighting a rebuild, the fighting, the perception that they are actually trying to rebuild, fighting some of the steps that would have been necessary to do it, uh, which led to some fallow years. And I think kind of falling ass backward in the draft picks yeah. um, that they weren't really going for. Um, but yeah, they, they are at the top again, you know, coming off a championship season, which it always feels like the Lakers end up. But 
there's been a, a pretty big roller coaster in between. Yeah. Yeah, again, uh, I think six straight years, no playoffs. The year before that, 2013, they got dusted in the first round, swept by the Spurs. Um, Andy, but you mentioned it, uh, Swoosh Parker and Kwame Brown, that era. You know, we had Jim Jackson on the podcast, and he told a funny story about that Smush Parker series um, at, when he knew it was over. And he, you know, called late his real addition to the 2006 <laughs> season, Jim Jackson. Yes, he called his real estate agent like midway through the series when Smush Parker started to, you know, get in his feelings and was like, "All right, you know, this is over. We're going to lose the series." <laughs> um, and, and Kwame Brown's been in the news a lot this week, and that's not a name you've heard uh, anybody's mentioned really, other than uh, you know, as like a joke, uh, the butt of a joke. But Kwame Brown is like pushing back against the fact that he was a bust. I guess he's just sick of being a, a whipping do- dog for so many years uh, and a punchline. What was he like around the Lakers? You know, I really liked Kwame when when I covered him for about two and a half seasons. He he was very different than I expected, and, and I've always thought that Kwame was a really good lesson for me because it was really the, this was the first time I ever covered a team. You know, day in day out, I I had been in sports media before, but never. I was still pretty new and never at that type of depth. And, and it really was a good lesson about the way perception can be very different from reality and the way we, even people like us who are in media, often get our impressions of other players through other media and the stories were being told. And, you know, I, to be totally honest, expected Kwame to be this very petulant kid, um, you know, not necessarily as smart as he really was. Because that was the perception coming out of Washington about him. And I found him to be this very introspective, very bright guy. Um, he did not like dealing with media, not in a hostile way, but I think he felt pretty burned. Like I, I used to joke all the time that, you know, he would have the, was it the Rita Hayworth poster in Shawshank or whichever star it was so yeah. he could tunnel out of the locker room and not see any of us. Because, because he just, you know, he had had such a bad experience there. But when you would talk with him, I, I found him a very thoughtful guy. You know, his career didn't turn out the way certainly the Wizards or, or the Lakers thought it could be when they drafted him or traded for him. But the reality is, man, he had a 12-year career. Like, and, you know, he made, I think, between 60 to $70 million. Yes. There are far greater busts in NBA history mm-hmm. than Kwame Brown. There were bigger busts in his own draft class. Than him, like I, I think Stromile Swift was in his draft class. Like, oh. I'm, and I'm not looking to take shots at guys, but like Stromile's career was less successful than Kwame's. Yeah. Like there were there were other guys, and you know he just he was so high profile, and it was at a time when you know it, the straight to high school thing was still pretty controversial, and and there was a lot of resentment against it, and a lot of pushback against it. And I, I think he became the poster boy for a lot of what was wrong with the NBA in ways that weren't totally fair to him. Yes, he did not live up to the billing. And yes, he had a lot of shortcomings as a player. But I, I think he has looked back on as a much worse player than he actually was. I think he was just sort of an ordinary NBA player. Yeah, He was in the Tyson Chandler, Eddie Curry draft class yeah. that, uh, you know, the high school kids coming up to the NBA. Yes. It's, I cannot imagine what was going through his head when your entrance into the league is getting crushed by Michael Jordan in practice every day. And then you get shipped to the Lakers and now you're getting Kobe Bryant in practice. Well, and also too, that's crazy. You you're getting traded also for Karan Butler, mm. who at the time, you know, was, uh, 
about to become an all-star or was all-star adjacent. He had had a really um, good season with my with Miami and with the Lakers. He was somebody that Kobe immediately got along with really well. Like I, I had not recalled a teammate at the time who fit in with Kobe as easily. Kobe was really close to Karan. So, you know, he came in kind of, you know, under behind the eight ball that way. And the Lakers had just drafted Andrew Bynum, who was going to be a project for them. And Kwame was considered kind of a project, you know, both in the front court. So there was a, this element of what are the Lakers actually doing, trading away somebody like Karan Butler, who seemed like he had more immediate use for what was essentially two projects, yeah. you know, clearing that way. It just, it, it he represented too what what felt like a very confusing time for the Lakers, a time that pissed off Kobe, and you know he he became the face of a lot of that. Funny side note: Andrew Bynum pre pandemic was working out at my gym, and he had really? like he had dyed his hair silver, and he looked oh. like Wesley Snipes from that movie um, Demolition Man. Demolition Man. There you go. Yeah, and he's just you know this gigantic dude, and you're like. Whoa. I is that whoa, that's Andrew Bynum. And I think he was trying to attempt to come back maybe with the big three or whatever. So like 2018, 2019. He was by the time they shipped him out uh in that big trade with Dwight Howard, I think he had worn out his welcome. Yeah. But he was he was one of the ultimate no filter players I've ever seen. Like that, I mean, a lot of players talk about they they don't care what everyone thinks, but you know they kind of do. Andrew Bynum genuinely didn't, for better and worse, depending on how you looked at it. <laughs> All right, let's get to the current Lakers. And it's been, you know, a, a difficult season. I have mentioned this a few times on the pod, and people are instantly like, why are you hating? And, you know, just let this sink in for a second, Andy. LeBron gets to the Lakers. He gets injured in the first season. They miss the playoffs. Second season, COVID hits. They get a little break. LeBron and Lakers win the title in the bubble. Third season, LeBron gets injured again. So now he's in his third season in L.A., and two of these three he's been injured. I know we like to think of him as a bionic man, a cyborg, whatever you want. But the reality is, you know, if the guy's 36, he has more tread on his tires than I, pretty much anybody in NBA history, given all the playoff runs. What's your confidence level in LeBron being able to stay healthy for a playoff run here? Um, it's reasonably confident. Mm -hmm. um, just... With the caveat of, you know, that he is vulnerable now. I mean, he, he absolutely is. And I, I think he's aware of it. And I think the team is aware of it. That being said, though, the last couple games that he played, he looked pretty good. Yes. I mean, he, he looked like LeBron. And, you know, I, it's not an apples to apples comparison because what Kobe went through when he tore his Achilles was far more extreme. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking to make even a, hopefully decent comparison when Kobe came back from the Achilles, he would have these pockets of games or, you know, like five or six possessions where he looked like Kobe, but he, he barely could summon it over the course of entire games. Like the, the, the 60 point outburst in the finale, that was one of the few times post Achilles where he looked like Kobe from start to finish LeBron I thought these last two games looked like LeBron. And that's what gives me more confidence. Obviously, there's a vulnerability. Again, he's coming off a pretty serious injuries. High, high ankle sprains are no joke. But that being said, you know, he he's looking like himself. And I think the hope is 
he can just get through a couple months and then from there, you know, really take the time off necessary heading into next season to get himself right. It's funny for me to paint it with a, just a hint of negativity. And then you look at his stat line. Oh, he averaged 25, <laughs> seven and seven uh, at the age of 36. Yeah, that's uh, pretty darn good. Uh, it's astonishing. And, yeah, it's crazy. What I love about these Lakers is they're so versatile. Like, uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder is going to have a game where he goes for 30. Kuzma could go for 20. Uh, Horton Tucker could have a game. Like, they've got so many weapons. Um, do you think they're going to have any problems with the Warriors at the outset simply because Draymond Green is basically playing center the entire game for them as opposed to a traditional center, Wiseman's hurt? Uh, I guess Kevon Looney will play some big, but it doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of minutes for Drummond and Gasol in this one. Um, I, I, it doesn't worry me too much, just in the sense that if they need to play Anthony Davis at the five, the majority of this game, they will. Um, Frank Vogel actually said uh, during um, today's practice, uh, as we're talking, that uh, they they had done some stuff with AD at the five, and you know that look is is in their bag of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And you know, for all the talk about Anthony Davis not wanting to play the five, the truth is, when it matters, he'll do it. And this clearly matters. And if this is the best look, he. I, I would be more concerned about the idea that the Lakers just haven't practiced as much with him there and just, you know, the the synergy involved. But the idea that they're not equipped to handle that look with with uh, Draymond at the five or going small, that that I don't buy. The Warriors are just scary because Steph is scary. I mean, what Steph has been doing like the last month and a half is just insane. And, you know, the idea that he could go off for 45 to 50 and everybody else does just enough yeah. on a night where the Lakers can't hit outside shots, which is definitely not a possibility uh, beyond the realm. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that could happen. Now, it, now we, if, yeah. We've seen Curry struggle at Staples. I think as somebody posted his last 10 games there, he's shooting like 27, some absurdly Lakers bad have number. done a good job with him they this have. year. Well, it's funny. The Lakers are the number one defense in the NBA. The Warriors are, I think, fifth. In mm-hmm. defensive efficiency, that's crazy. I have no idea how. You look at the, like Jordan Poole and Toscano Anderson and these guys. I'm assuming somebody did the math wrong. I, I don't <laughs> think that's actually possible. Yeah, it, it feels very strange. Let me ask you about the rest of the West. You know, we'll get we'll save the Clippers for the end. But like Utah and Phoenix are the only teams that won 50 games in this shortened season. But nobody seems to be picking them. Everybody's either go, either going Clippers or Lakers. Any faith in Utah or or Phoenix here? You know, it's interesting. Brian and I were talking about this on a, a Locked on Lakers podcast a couple of days ago. And I think Phoenix, I think just the issue is they don't have a lot of experience. Yeah. I mean, beyond Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, there, there's, and I guess maybe a little bit of Dario Saric. They just, <laughs> there's not, there's just not a lot there in yeah. terms of that type of experience. And just, you know, I don't think Devin Booker is going to like shrink from the bright lights or anything. It's just, this is an adjustment period. Like this is something really new and different having teams you know, with this much time and focus scheming against you, that can be more difficult for, you know, in this particular case, a lot of players to deal with Utah. They're a really good team and they, they do a lot of things that make them really dangerous. They play really good defense. They, they can shoot the hell out of the ball from outside and they can get on crazy rolls in part. They don't scare me from a Lakers perspective, just because I don't think they have a lot of great matchups for LeBron, but also I think what makes Utah not as scary is there's nobody on that team that really scares you for a playoff series. Like, oh, come on, Bogdanovich. Come on, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Did he yeah, have 48 but, like two weeks ago or something? He's a, he's a good player, but you're not going to be <laughs> scared of him. Like, 
you look across the, the rest of the West, like LeBron and AD obviously are scary. Kawhi Jordan Leonard Clarkson revenge game. Can I uh, can I tell you that? I mean, <laughs> Clarkson went. For, I mean, yeah, I think he had forty in a game this year. He he would be looking to do it, man. He was yeah, once. You know part that. Of <laughs> Having covered him, you oh, know all he's looking to do is shoot. Back in L.A., his stomping grounds. Yeah. The DMs are probably open. He'll be all yeah. excited. <laughs> but like they, Portland has Dame, who's obviously yeah. scary. Like there's nobody. Donovan Mitchell is obviously a great player, but he, for whatever reason, and maybe this is just me being silly, isn't scary in the same way these other, like Nikola Jokic, we've seen him do incredible things in the playoffs. Like, you know, Durant is obviously scary in the playoffs. Like, for some reason, Mitchell isn't that guy. Rudy Gobert isn't sort of that type of player. So I think that's really what it is with Utah. It's just they don't have the guy that frightens you. And maybe this is me just misevaluating him, but that's my read on it. Well, I mean, the Donovan Mitchell injury, you know, to your point is, uh, you know, he is a very good player, and now he's injured. So they do have a yeah. week to practice. I'm sure the yes. Lakers, that's why they wanted the six so bad. They would love a week to get healthy, get in some practices. So that's a huge boon for Utah. I am just, I had wanted to pick the Suns to come out of the West. Obviously, I was interested in Denver until Murray went down. But, you know, Monty Williams, I looked this up. He's never won a playoff series in his life. Really? And like, yeah, he's 0-2. <laughs> you know, that's it. And I'm like, oh. There's only been two. He's been an assistant coach on a lot, but as a head I just coach. I just would have thought there had been more. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know um, and, and then you're right. It's like Chris Paul. like, And that's it. Like I like Jay Crowder, but I don't know about against the Lakers. Although Crowder and Bridges are interesting on the wing. They're better than what Utah yes. has, right? Oh, yeah. Bridges has turned into a really good player. Like yeah. if the Lakers end up uh, facing the Suns in that first round, I think there's going to be a lot of fans who come to recognize just how good of a player Bridges is or maybe even learn who he is. Um, just but eight, eight and versus AD is not favorable for the Suns. No, <laughs> no, it's yeah. it's not. I, I think the Suns match up very well from the Lakers' perspective. Like that—that's a pretty good matchup for them. I think to start trying to get themselves, you know, back in sync, you know, in in symmetry. They're, you know, they're going to have to take Phoenix seriously, and I, I think Chris Paul has been better in the playoffs than his reputation uh, might be. But the Lakers are better than them. I think yeah. they happen to match up very well against Phoenix. So the elephant in the West would be the Clippers. Now, you have covered the Lakers forever. I am curious. Have you covered a lot of Clippers outside of Lakers-Clippers matchups? Yeah, I mean, been around them and stuff like that. You know, and you're obviously just living in L.A., uh, very aware of them. And, you know, and last year they, they went so far out of their way to try to provoke the Lakers in, in I, I think, an approach that blew up in their faces. Just but, a little bit. Uh, yeah, it might might want to go uh, one less billboard. <laughs> um, but this is the year, you know. I got I've been going out there bashing the Clippers as frauds, the paper clips. I mean, a lot of people do that. After what happened last year, tough not to. And then what happened in the uh, uh, in the last week of the season here, ducking the Lakers by tanking against the Thunder and Rockets. It's like, really, where's the confidence level? Yeah, but I, I mean, had a buddy. I did have a buddy text me and say, you know nobody's really taking them that seriously. Maybe this is what happens in the Clippers breakthrough this year. Well, they've been lower key this year. Like, I, I think they've been quieter in a way that serves them well. You know, like like I said, last year, they really went out of their way to target the Lakers. And I, I think this year, they've just been sort of doing their thing more. Um, you know, last year, they had a lot of chemistry issues that, that I think really came to, to surface in the mm -hmm. bubble. Doesn't seem to be that type of thing this year. When Paul George has been on, 
And, you know, I mean, this series ultimately, or however far the player, the Clippers go in the playoffs, it's going to be seen as a referendum on Paul George. I I think that's just obvious, fair or not. Playoff P. Playoff P. God, could anybody have picked Palmdale P, I guess. (laughs) I'm telling you, I think half of the Paul George slander, if not 75% of it that we hear now would disappear if he'd just chosen a better nickname. No, that nickname's well, awful. Yeah. Anytime you pick your own nickname, it usually well, ends poorly. Especially that one. I mean, playoff yeah. P is terrible. I but mean, the, in Indiana, it was fine, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, going back a decade. That is true. <laughs> but uh, oof. that being said, though, there have been times this season he's been fantastic. He has been really yeah. good for a lot of this year. You know, Kawhi obviously has a great track record in the playoffs. You know, uh, Marcus Morris has been shooting like crazy. Uh, you know, Reggie Jackson has low-key had a very good season. Zubats has been better. You know, I, I think I think they seem like, again, I, there's not a team I cover, but they yeah. seem from a distance like they're in a better mental space. And that mental space, I think, was as big a problem for them last season as anything else. You know, that being said, looking like they're ducking the Lakers, there's a fine line between just – pragmatic strategy and strategy. what you're and what you're signaling you know there's uh, no extra points for getting through a harder draw yeah but i mean what would you andy you know when you look at it like oh the lakers are banged up they're coming off a bunch of injuries they have to play the play in i would have rather seen the lakers early than three weeks from now wouldn't you or four jared dudley actually talked about yeah. that a few days ago that you know he thinks anybody looking to duck this team early on is is relatively speaking, making a mistake. And there, there's a logic to that. How, how many games together have Schroeder, Drummond, LeBron, Kuzma, AD? Like, how many minutes do these guys have to? It can't be, but it's got to be under 30, right? Um, it might be more than 30. I, With I was LeBron? Surpri- I was surprised. Like, I, I thought that the, the starting five, the, the starting five of LeBron, AD, Drummond, Schroeder, KCP, I thought they hadn't played together at all until uh, Saturday's game um, over this previous weekend. It turns out they had played a little bit, but the answer to your question is not a lot. You know, there's a a lot to get on the same page. Uh, Drummond has looked a lot better over like the last week or so, and, you know, he's had as rough a transition as anybody. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there is a logic that if you want to get these guys early before they theoretically start rolling, that might be as vulnerable as they're going to be. I need to ask you about Montrez Harrell, who's, I don't want to say he's the forgotten man, but, you know, he was part of that issue in the Clippers bubble. You know, he had the passing of his grandma, but also there was like the old guard versus the new guard. They've now jettisoned Lou and Harrell. I'm assuming, and you are around the Lakers a lot, nobody wants to face the Clippers more than Montrez Harrell, right? <laughs> Probably. He, I mean, I'm sure LeBron is ticked off at Kawhi for not joining forces with him when he could have, but, I mean, Harrell has seemingly an axe to grind, right? Yeah. I mean, I, it's been hard to get to know Trez this year. Just, you know, you're covering the team virtually, but yeah. he seems like a guy with a long memory um, at, at the risk of, uh, at the risk of making sort of uh, snap judgments online. He, he seems like somebody that doesn't easily forget. I think that's fair. Um, you, I, you, I imagine he'd like that. Do you think it ended? I mean, is there, have you heard any rumors of what happened at the end in with the Clippers? Not really. To be totally honest, I mean, it seemed like there was a tension between the guys who had been there a while, you know, like you had mentioned Lou Williams, uh, Trez. I don't 
necessarily know if he was any problems, but like a, a Vitsa Zubats, you know, Patrick Beverly, Beverly, yeah. you know, who had been this very scrappy group that managed to give the Warriors a really tough uh, first right. round series a couple of years before to then bringing in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And you know, the I think a lot of dynamics changed, which they will do when you bring in stars. And frankly, they should change. Yeah. Like, you know, if you, if you want to get past being kind of a, a cute little story, you need guys like Kawhi and, and Paul George who are frankly better than who you had. At the same time, though, I think also Kawhi and, and Paul George needed to grow some as leaders. Um, I, I think they probably had to adjust, you know, adjust the way they go about doing things. And it seemed like Paul George may have rubbed some people the wrong way again. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know specifics with Trez. It just seems like Trez was kind of a part of all that. And then also a lot of Trez's shortcomings as a defensive presence, I think, really became magnified in the playoffs. And that put him in the spotlight for a lot of these problems. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So uh, as of today, any prediction as to who comes out of the West? I mean, I know there's a lot of ifs, like Donovan Mitchell's healthy, LeBron. Um, who, who, would you, who are you leaning toward? The gambling odds slightly favor the Lakers over the Clippers. I mean, if the Lakers are, if the Lakers are healthy enough to play at a high level, I'm still taking them. Yeah. I still think they are the best team in the West. I, they are more talented than they were last year. They still have to create some more synergy than, than the same team. But, you know, remember the Lakers in the uh, regular season part of the bubble before the playoffs? They looked awful. They, did. they looked really bad. Well, then maybe the, the weekend began. before the season ended, I think they beat the Clippers and Bucks. Yes. Uh, or yeah. before the, like, the season was. Halted. It was. It was. Um, yes. He, LeBron had like a monster weekend and everybody was like, oh, Lakers, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, let, me, let me ask you this. So you have been around the Lakers for. I don't know. Probably you. Be, have you been in LA all your life? No, I, I grew up in St. Louis, but I've, okay. been, I've been in LA a while. So St. Louis, what what team? What team did you watch like growing up basketball wise? None. I, I wasn't even into basketball. Really? Nope. How did you get into basketball? Um, when I moved to LA, I started following the Lakers. I, I it surprised me. I, I mean, it was a bad period. They weren't even good. When, when was it? This was early nineties. Yeah, post Magic, right? Yeah. So then yeah, Nick Van Exel. I, I was a, yeah, I was a college student. I, I when Magic the announcement of uh, HIV mm. positive, that was one of those I remember where I was. Yes, like I was on campus, and a friend of mine told me about it. A friend of mine who was from LA, and like I remember, he had said that he was actually wearing a Magic jersey oh, when a friend geez. of his told him. Oh, wow. you know, this is back before the internet, so you know, yes, news spread by by mouth, <laughs> and you know, somebody happened to see you know a news conference or whatever. And that was crazy. I mean, that was like that felt like a you remember where you were when JFK was shot yeah. moment. So, what sports did you gravitate toward growing up? Baseball and football. Um, more mm. football by the time I graduated high school. So, like St. Louis Rams, I'm guessing. No, no, I I was a big fan of the now Arizona Cardinals. Oh, even though even though it was torture to root for those teams, I was Arizona I was a huge Cardinals. fan. Cardinals. Um, I, well, I was there, you know, like when stump Mitchell and Otis Anderson, Oh, Mitchell, the punt returner or something like that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Vi- yeah. Well, Vaisekahima. Vaisekahima. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was my guy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you then get to the Lakers. Okay. So you missed the Showtime era. Caught Completely. Kobe Shaq, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, then I will say the Nick Van Exel, Eddie Jones backcourt. They were fun. I love them. Now, again, I'm a kid living in Virginia liking the Lakers and Nick Van Exel highlights on sports center were just incredible. Like Nick Van Exel behind the back, all this. I just loved that backcourt. And truth be told, I was a little upset when they got Kobe. I was like, we're breaking up Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel. What are we doing here? Dude, um, living out here, man, people were mad about that. Really? Eddie Jones is still beloved, man. Oh, Laker gosh, fans a great guy. Love great Eddie defender. Jones. Yep. They wow. love him. There, there are still fans. I'm not, I'm not joking. I know this from, uh, Twitter at Cam Brothers. I, I've seen these people in my mentions. They're still mad about the Eddie Jones trade, even knowing how it all turned out in terms of clearing yeah. the way for Kobe. Still mad. 
So I, I do want to ask, yeah, how did you and your brother kind of build this sports empire out? I mean, you guys have done everything, radio, TV, writing, podcast now. Like, how, how does that happen? You know, it, it was interesting. We, through some mutual friends, you know, my, my brother and I were at the time focused on trying to write screenplays and uh, nice. like TV specs and stuff. And we met through some mutual friends, um, Gary Belsky, who at the time... Wow. Um, yeah, everybody who's in this industry knows Gary. ESPN, the magazine. Yeah, yep. At the time, he was uh, running ESPN, the magazine, essentially, and uh, offered us the ability or offered us the chance to work for what was at the time the front of the book, like the funny section, yeah. like basically punching up jokes, coming up with funny ideas. And we just took him up in the offer because we we're like, sounds kind of cool. Um, and it, we then started, you know, writing a few features, things like that, uh, started doing some more stuff with them and then uh through mike bresnahan long time uh mm, beat times, writer right? for yeah la times at the time now with spectrum uh he recommended us to the times when they were looking to start a lakers blog wow that and I, my, I knew mike through some mutual friends as well that's a cool story gary belsky interesting guy so i interviewed through got some friends in new york city at espn the magazine yeah and i did all my homework on him he's a big tennis guy if memory serves right he could be I, I, um I, I did all this homework on him. He's written books and I was crushing it. And then he's like, you know, Jason, I could tell you, you know your stuff and you, you're into sports. And then he hits me with this curveball. He goes, tell me something interesting outside of sports. And I just was so laser focused for this that I was just thrown for a loop. Like, <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm not. And I came up with some like my I had a plant in New York City and it was dying. And my dad had said, hey, put some Epsom salts um, you know, you take a bath with Epsom salts to like get your body better. Put that in the plant; it'll heal it in a heartbeat. And I hit him with that, and he was like, "Ooh, I've never heard that." But at, but in the interim, when I when he asked it, I took so long, maybe like that five ten second window, mm -hmm. you could see the look in his eyes. So he's like, "Jay, we're not going to offer you the writing gig. We want you as an editor." And I was like, "I don't want to be an editor. I want to write. I'm a writer." And so right. I didn't get it. And dude, I walked out of the interview devastated. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be stuck at Us Weekly. But I had started this blog called The Big Lead. Yeah. I was like, fine, I'll just pour everything into the blog. And it's really? funny how things work out, you know? Like, I was going to say, I, I think it ended up working out for you. It, it did well. end up pretty well. Well, listen, it's been great for you and your brother. I mean, you guys are Thank doing you. everything. Thank um, you. How, how, how have you found the screenplay thing? We'll just wrap up on that. Because um, I, I am obsessed with that as like a side hobby, which it can't, um, you can't make it as your side hobby, but it's, I mean, it's a different, it's a different, you know, writing skill. I mean, you know, I, I'd like to think we are okay at it. I mean, we didn't sell anything, but it's very difficult to do that. Yeah, well, um, it's impossible. You know, it's still something that I would say we, we talk about, or I, you know, you know, I, I own final draft. We'll just say that. Yes. yes. <laughs> and we, you know, Every we, we, does. We've, we've got some stuff. We've got a couple things that have been pitched around a bit and, you know, fingers crossed, maybe something will still come. Yeah. From. I mean, it is, it's cool that you guys, uh, you know, work together and, and are in like the funny aspect of it. Cause I, it's just fun, right? Like, yeah, it's just an awesome yeah. thing of life to try. And then, then, you know, should you accomplish it, even if you don't, it's still like a really cool industry. Um, so yeah. congrats yeah. on all you guys success. Thanks. You guys have crushed yeah. it. You're like an institution out here in LA. <laughs> Uh, wow. So, 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 uh, pump up the podcast, go for it. Uh, locked on Lakers. Uh, it's part of the locked on network. It's, uh, five shows a week, Monday through Friday, um, covering all things Lakers. Uh, we've got, um, a bunch of different warriors, uh, Lakers warriors previews heading, uh, into Wednesday's game. Um, you can find it 
anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, Zoom, Stitcher, yada, yada, yada. Um, Very, I I would like to think very complete, thorough, a little bit offbeat coverage. Um, It's been fun. We really enjoy it. Well, congrats on all your success. Thanks Thanks, a lot, Andy, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks for having me, man. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.